Hello, listeners. I am Stephanie Shavera of Lapsed Podcast, and we are calling out to you to ask you to send in your confirmation name stories. Why did you pick it? Did it really piss somebody off? Or do you feel really connected to your name? Send us the story either by typing it up and sending it to lapsedpodcast at gmail.com, tagging us in a social media or direct messaging us, or recording a voice memo on your phone and sending it to us via email that way. We want to hear all the juicy details about why you chose your confirmation name. Okay, we're recording. Steph just found her headphones, and <laughs> I am going to pause it based on this week's theme that it was your guardian angel. I love it. Who placed them right in front of you the whole time, <sighs> or placed them there, and maybe they weren't there. Maybe it was magical, blessed, doing. divine intervention. There you go. Not magical. It's not magic. No, totally, totally not magic. It's Catholic <laughs> stuff. What are we talking about? Very different. I'm Anne McNamee Keels. <laughs> and I'm Stephanie Shavera. And this is Lapsed, a podcast about growing up Catholic. And today, as you may have guessed, we're talking about guardian angels. Hooray! Please follow us on social media. If you're not already, uh, Lapsed Podcast, we are on Instagram, We've got a Facebook page, Twitter. Twitter, we've been less active on, but I'm going to I'm gonna up our Twitter game. So I know we'll nothing about Twitter. I apologize. I mean, I know very little about a lot of social media. I'm learning. <laughs> I saw that we got two more reviews on Apple Ooh, Podcasts. I did not see that. We're up to 15. <gasps> Thank you, reviewers. I never really paid attention to those much before we started this, but now that I check ours. I have like rate everything that I listen to. So mm -hmm. I'm just like, oh, yes, this is a wonderful way to say thank you for the content <laughs> that you're putting out. So I feel that way. Hopefully you feel that way. Please, yes, please. Uh, please rate. Yeah. And review if you can't. We love a review. Oh, love a review. All right. So Catholicism in the news. Steph, do you have anything? I have a couple things. It was an interesting week for gender identity in Catholics. Mm. There's a couple of things that happened that I saw. There's the publication, The National Catholic Reporter. I don't know if you're familiar mm. with it. I have some of them in the show today that I was, yeah, I was looking at oh, them. For this nice. Well, well, there's a lovely Franciscan uh, friar named Daniel P. Horan, I'm going to guess. Okay. Um, and he wrote an article. It came out October 13th. So it was a little while ago, but I just saw it. But I'm going to mention it now because of what I'm going to mention second. But basically, it's um, an opinion piece about why Catholics should use preferred gendered pronouns and names. Oh. And it was specifically because of the significance of names and the changing of names mm -hmm. and the importance of being identified by a preferred name throughout the entirety of the Bible. So he says, from Abram to Abraham, from Sarah without an H to Sarah with an H, um, all the different names of like John and Jesus uh, and God, um, and that a person's chosen name is actually very much a part of Catholicism. I like it. 
right? Friars and brothers and sisters. Everyone changes and- their name. Yeah. When you become a, a sister, right? Or a especially when you become a sister and a, a brother as well, I think you change your name. That's like part of the deal right. or oftentimes. I don't know. I think after Vatican II, there's more flexibility on that. And some orders do not change names. I, mm. And I'm pretty sure pre-Vatican II, someone could correct me if I'm wrong, but I think nuns and sisters had to change their name to a male saint's name, a male saint. Oh, that's why I was like Mary Frederick and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Mm, got it, For got mo- it. Most of the time it was a male saint. It was that was what like a tradition. What that's a okay. That's something I want to look We're into. We're gonna dive into that one. We gotta do we gotta do one. Mm-hmm. But basically, I mean, very simply, he puts it, you know, it'd make a great homily, I think. But it was like if I introduced to, like myself as Stephanie, and I say, but you, you know, and I like to be called Stephanie, if you just started calling me Steffi. Which I really hate, so please don't do that. Well, it'd be rude, right? So you like just don't do that. So when people ask you to call you a certain thing to do it, so it's just very like crystal clear, basic, like what I learned in kindergarten sort of teaching. But I wanted to prep that because have you heard what's happening in Notre Dame, the university? No, just a couple weeks back, but it was just being reported on this week, sort of nationally. A senior there. Uh, who serves as editor-in-chief of the Irish Rover, their Mm -hmm. independent newspaper, published a column basically critiquing how the school has handled gender identity issues. And almost immediately, it was like quickly sort of being decimated by other students. And so I was actually reading about this in the National Review, um, which published about this like yesterday. And they sort of dismantled the uh, person who wrote back sort of attacking this one senior mm-hmm. sort of went through her argument and like took it apart mm-hmm. basically. And again, reiterated that like God created human beings and that's a beautiful thing. And um, that's a very like basic tenet of Catholic teaching. And so being <laughs> judgmental and saying you're not right because you're created wrong is just like really there's a little bit in here where like they go into like hate the sin, not the sinner stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but even at not that basic it. level, right? It's still like love the person, mm-hmm. which is not a it's not a stance I agree with. But that LGBTQ issues are a sin, I don't agree with that. But no, no, we don't agree with that. No, uh, part of the whole lapsed thing that's happening. Right. But yes, so there's it just seems to be in the news quite a bit, the, the wrestling with gender identity mm-hmm. and being Catholic. It's so funny with all these things, because on the one hand, it's like, I'm not a practicing Catholic, right? So, and I, mm-hmm. the church is, on most things, not everything, but on most things, uh, the church, I feel, is just behind on things and, mm-hmm. and just, and just wrongheaded. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> when it comes to social justice issues, not something. I mean, not. I guess there's some stuff I think around poverty and around immigration that I think they do get right. But when it comes to gender and sexuality in particular, and women also, all those things, I tend to disagree. But I get excited when I see any kind of progress or any mm-hmm. kind of forward motion because I know how many people are invested in the church, and that feels very powerful if the church is moving forward or if people in the church are moving forward in those ways. Mm-hmm. Because I have these moments where I'm like, why do I care so much? But like, I do. I do care. Right. Why do I care? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think that is a question I've asked myself, like doing this podcast and, and going into Catholicism in the news. But I care because it is still a part of my identity, whether mm-hmm. you're lapsed 
I'm a lapsed Catholic. I'm not a non-Catholic in a weird way. Yeah. I feel like there's a difference. <laughs> like I was raised in it. It's part of who I am. It's like that country of origin almost thing that we talked about. It feels like a place you're from. Right. The only Catholicism in the news that I had was Biden visiting the Pope. I thought you'd cover it. So I was like, I'll leave Anne. <laughs> a little negative, actually. The AP News headline was, face-to-face at the Vatican, President Joe Biden held extended and highly personal talks with Pope Francis on Friday and came away saying the pontiff told him he was a, quote, good Catholic and should keep receiving communion. I guess this one is not the headline. I apologize. It's like the first paragraph. The headline had to do with the communion thing and abortion. Right. They said, although conservatives have called for him to be denied the sacrament because of his support for abortion rights. Just the framing, like that somehow Biden going to the Vatican is like all about abortion. There's so much to unpack there that that mm-hmm. is like sort of the soul. That's the way it, it, the story is even being covered of the president going to the Vatican. One issue. Exactly one issue. And the fact that Biden is a practicing Catholic, like every president, i believe goes to meet with the pope but like this is our second ever catholic president and that's a big deal so what it seems like is that biden came away saying that the pope told him he was a good catholic and should keep receiving communion but the vatican has refused to confirm or deny basically so francis has not come out publicly and said like yes this is what i said to him he kind Mm -hmm. of Every time it comes up, he's sort of like, well, I wouldn't handle it in that manner. We need to be pastoral. I think this is his pastoral thing, but also sometimes you want him to like put his foot down, right? Like his pastoral Mm -hmm. thing is like, well, this is sort of the way I would think about it. And versus just being like, no, it's not okay to deny someone communion (laughs) because because of their political stance on something. I think what's frustrating about that and what I saw pointed out like in the comments and things of, of some of these articles is that the Pope and the Vatican will come out against something when it's not going to piss off conservative Catholics. Like they'll say they'll come out again. I mean, they have openly come out against like transgender identity saying that it's mm-hmm. not real, basically. And they've done that. Like and the Pope mm-hmm. has done that, you know, so things that the Pope is willing to say out loud versus the things that he's going to be maybe quieter and more subtle about is mm-hmm. like noticeable but i do believe he said that to biden and that's validating right <laughs> for, for pro-choice lapsed catholics and for pro-choice catholics of which there are many right even if you are not a pro-choice catholic this idea that he said he should keep receiving communion you know we talked about communion like this idea that it is something that helps you spiritually so like wouldn't you want your president it's like praying for your elected officials right like wouldn't you want them to keep receiving communion if you feel like that's gonna somehow send him in the way that god wants him to be then wouldn't you want him to keep doing it if what you think god wants is you know i don't know as opposed to like just throwing people out of ceremonies finding some way to connect or bring yeah bring them closer would be the what we would think the logical thing to do it seems logical right (laughs) like if you think this is what the church tells you wouldn't you want him to keep going to church and keep getting communion and yeah, I don't know. So I'm listening to you. Yeah. Have you seen any of the photos? I haven't. There's photos comparing the Pope standing next to Trump hmm. versus the Pope with Biden. And obviously they're like specific moments pulled out, but I mean the have you seen pictures of the Pope standing next to Trump? I don't know that I did. Because I was like, why are you even talking to this man? Okay. It's at the top of this story. I'm gonna put it in the chat right now. <laughs> Do you want to describe what you see? Yes. Okay. So what's amazing is, you know, there's the big old Trump, like, smile, everything about just, like, 
cheese and real hard. And just Francis's stoic staring forward it just looks like a child who's been forced into their holiday outfits for a family picture and is not going to smile no matter what mom says and is like standing next to their their least favorite relative you're just like one was like oh whereas the and i'm trying to look i mean there's a lot of there's a lot of images but the pope with biden i mean they're like smiling they're shaking hands they look mm-hmm. like two old friends kind of Aww. you know yeah, so people have been putting those side by wow. side. There's also, gosh, hang on. There's also people are talking I, about the translator because it's the same translator each time. Oh, I'm gonna send you that as well. Okay, it shows a, a clip of her with each of the presidents. <laughs> okay, so this woman. It, one look speaking and looking at Biden is smiling and nodding and her eyes are sort of sparkling and while staring at Trump looks like it is a language she's never heard before <laughs> and it's just her eyebrows are furrowed and it's like uh, are you looking like our eyes are just going around the room like what is is anyone else hearing this like what is happening can you imagine can you imagine having to to for Trump to the Pope that sounds horrible. <sighs> my understanding of interpretation is you're supposed to kind of get the the point across of what they're saying right you're not supposed yeah. to put your own spin on it how do you do that when it's how? Trump first of all he doesn't speak in complete sentences well no um, but even <laughs> if you can get what he's saying like how do you say it with a straight face I scroll down and there's more video and she's like furiously trying to write notes and I imagine she's just like okay how do I what is bigly in Italian <laughs> oh no yeah oh, and man. so mm-hmm. so you know I think there's a marked difference between the two uh, just a bit yeah I I just had this moment where I mean it's so silly but I was like and I think by they've met before when, right. when Biden was vice president I was just like it just felt delightful just to see them right. Biden seemed genuinely happy I mean he's a Catholic man in his 80s he's he he's meeting with the Pope like he's gonna be jazz that's what I kept thinking about I was like to be to be a practicing Catholic and be told by the Pope that you are a good Catholic I'm like. Is there anything better than that? Better? Imagine, imagine if our grandmothers were like told, "You're a good Catholic." I don't. I can barely imagine because I feel like she would just be like, "Everyone else, shut up! I just need to like sit in this for a year." <laughs> Did you know the po- you sh- even oh. your grandmother's popal decree or whatever she had was a big deal? Can you imagine if it was huge? She'd met him. I know. I gotta find a picture of the moment she got that and show you how happy that woman oh, was. Oh, do we can post it on our on oh, our yeah. Instagram? She's not miss her. <laughs> All right, so we are going to well, actually, this I this does bring up memories of my grandma. Um, we're going to mm-hmm. talk about guardian angels today. Yes, yes, yes. So, Steph, we haven't talked about this at all yet. So, tell me, what is your context what comes to you when you think about guardian angels in catholicism i think it must have been a ccd teacher but like just one of them when i was younger who at one point taught me that like everyone got a guardian angel when they were born mm-hmm. so i remember being like oh, oh i have my like own little person like this mm-hmm. is great but i don't feel like that was really heavily reinforced 
Mm-hmm. Maybe that was just around like commu- first communion time or something that we were taught that I was like, there's someone that's assigned just to you, which I, I felt very special about that. Mm-hmm. But I feel like over the years, and maybe this was my own idea or it was taught to me. I don't know. It's all very fuzzy. But I feel like it morphed from some anonymous angel I never got to meet into like all of my relatives who passed mm-hmm. on being my guardian angels. So like I at some point I stopped imagining like one little cherub or something mm-hmm. like just tagging around behind me. But I did start thinking about like my uncle who died and my aunt and then my grandma mm-hmm. and things like that and be like, okay, they're looking out for me. Those are my like army of guardian angels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't pray that often and I definitely don't really pray to God, but I do like I have a picture of my grandma near my bed and I sometimes when I'm like really down, I I guess the word is pray, talk mm-hmm. to her. I used to keep the picture like next to my kitchen sink. So like when I lived alone, I would chat with her oh. while I washed the dishes like a lunatic. I love that. <laughs> Not a lunatic. I was like, that's my time with grandma. I feel like now that I, I'm in a house with somebody, it's less easy <laughs> to just like talk out loud to somebody who's not there. But But yeah, that's how it sort of – developed for me and I think like in general my anger towards a lot of religion was this like a lot of the message a lot of the time that like everything was meant to be this way Mm -hmm. and I just it never squared with like suffering for me and so I was like well where are their guardian angels like right what is going did they like take a break like what is happening so that really as I got older, that as I saw other people's suffering, it really disappointed me in the guardian angel concept. Mm-hmm. I was like, um, I'm sorry, that child got hit by a car. Right. In the movie version, the big old like Christopher Lloyd angel would come, <laughs> stop the car, win the baseball game. Like what is happening here? Right. Why did this person get saved by their guardian angel and this right. person didn't? Yep. Because that was what I, it was, they were supposed to do is protect you. Protect you. Mm-hmm. So I was like, where yeah. and where? are they today (laughs) same i mean i feel like the guardian angel thing we were taught it in a factual way in like kindergarten i have a memory in mrs schmigalski's kindergarten class what a good name it it is and i lived in a very irish neighborhood but i went to the very polish catholic school and our neighbor in particular thought it was hilarious to ask like five-year-old annie mcnamee what's your teacher's name and i would say mrs schmigalski like that's hilarious Side note, when I moved to a different school, there was a teacher that she was like a resource teacher. Nobody could pronounce her name. So they just called her Mrs. T. And then I found out her last name was just Turkowski. And I was like, you sad little Irish children, you couldn't say Turkowski. That's not even a hard one. Mm -mm. Anyway, no, I could I could spit out those Polish names with the best of them as a five year old. Well done. So, yeah, I remember learning about our guardian angel that we all had one and it was just taught to us along with like our ABCs and, ever, you know, math. And then it was like, you had Jesus and also you have a guardian angel. And I remember liking it. Like that seemed cool that you mm-hmm. had your own, like Jesus and God. And I guess the Holy Spirit, which no one explained very much, were shared. But you had your very own guardian angel. And we said a prayer to our guardian angel that we had to memorize. Do you know the guardian angel prayer? No. Oh, yeah. So we had to memorize like the Our Father, the Hail Mary, and then I feel like the Guardian Angel Prayer was probably the next one. Do you know it? Uh Uh-huh. Do it. 
Angel of God, my guardian dear, to whom God's love commits me here, ever this day be at my side, to light and guard, to rule and guide. Wow, that rings no bells for me. Amen. Then you had to say amen. And then as a child, you remember doing very large, deliberate signs of the cross? Like Yes. In unison, in the name of the Father. It was like you'd wait for the rest of the class. (laughs) And and I remember being like, Holy Spirit. Like, you know, when you're all, how children speak Mm -hmm. in unison, that like kind of weird, (laughs) awkward. Yeah. So I remember learning that. I must have learned it at another school too, or we must have said it because that changed to, to whom God's love entrust me here I think instead of commit see at CCD we only got once a week and they didn't have they're like we're gonna be hopeful you know we're gonna be happy if these little heathens get you know just the our father down they didn't have time for no, many because every like every month or something there was a new prayer to memorize it was a lot of memorizing no <laughs> explanation of what anything meant just the memorizing just know it I do think it was sort of dro- – like, it just wasn't kind of brought up much as we got older, you know? I feel mm-hmm. like guardian angels were not brought up. My grandma was really into angels, though. Oh. Just as trinkets and things. Like, she had mm-hmm. a lot of angel stuff, you know? Like, little figurines or, like, a little compact in her purse would have an angel on it or whatever. Were they she- all, like, really pretty angels? Yes. A very specific kind of, like, from some type of Catholic store. Right. Or just a Hallmark store that kind of had angelly things. That would be fine, too. Because when I was probably in my early 20s, when I, like, really discovered the warriorness of angels, mm. I was like, right. these would have been much cooler statues. But everyone's statue That's was true. Like, really pretty, blonde. Flowing robes. And, yeah, yeah, they're, like, white people angels. Like, why? <laughs> so Aryan why are they people and why are they white and yeah my grandma was into angels I think when I turned 16 and then shortly after that when I got a car she got me a little guardian angel flip for my sun visor so that I would have my guardian angel to to like yep my grandma had yeah guardian angel Christopher too oh all of them you know you gotta (laughs) the car was pimped out in saints and angels (laughs) You got to guard yourself. You got to do all the stuff and keep it safe. All this, you know, get your army. Yeah. I also feel like just whenever, you know, if it was like, oh, I was almost in a car accident, but the car turned at the last minute or anything like that, or I almost missed my flight, like more sort of low key kind mm-hmm. of things. My mom and I think other people in my life would be like, oh, your guardian angel was with you. Like just mm-hmm. sort of as a side note, not even like in a meaningful way, just like, oh, your guardian angel must have been watching you kind of a thing <laughs> in passing. Did that ever make you feel anything like, oh, yay, there's someone here. Oh, that's creepy. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking of like when I was an adult, particularly like a young adult or a teen. Uh-huh. And I think I was just like, oh, that's like I roll whatever. like whatever. <laughs> yeah. No, I just this is just how life was. So guardian angels. So I wanted to do this episode because I was like, are guardian angels actually a thing? They taught it to us, but only like when we were very young. I don't feel like guardian angels came back up in high school. No, it was not a followed through thing. No. The other thing I was curious about is that guardian angels sound a lot like what kind of new agey people and like psychics talk about like spirit guides, you know? Mm -hmm. I think I've heard just totally outside of Catholicism, this idea like everyone has like a spirit guide, a guide on the other side. Right. That's who like psychics communicate with or whatever. <laughs> and I was like, that sounds like a guardian angel to me. Yeah. So like, is this super kind of new agey sounding thing actually Catholic doctrine? It is. It is. Okay. Uh-huh. Right. So a couple things. Well, it turns out the existence of guardian angels was dogmatically declared 
in 1215 at the – do we remember what this was called? This keeps coming up. Oh, no. Got nothing. I wouldn't know if you were asking me. Uh, the Fourth Lateran Council in 1215. Okay. 1215. That's – okay. Everything happened. Feels like a lot of stuff happened at that one. That's when communion thing happened, right? Yes, I believe They're so. They're like seven-year-olds. Yeah, a lot of stuff happened. That was a long time ago. I mean, mm-hmm. 12, 15. So I found a couple things from the National Catholic Register. There was a an article called Eight Things to Know About Guardian Angels. Ooh. They start out by saying it is considered theologically certain that each member of the faith has a special guardian angel from the time of baptism. Oh, baptism, yeah. not birth. Okay. Well, according to the Catholic Church, what we know and I'm not sure how we know this, is that a guardian angel is an angel, which is a created, non-human, non-corporeal being. Oh, all spirits. It's like God created humans, but God created this other r- race of beings or something mm-hmm. that are angels that live like on the other side of other realm or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they've been assigned to guard a particular person, especially with respect. This is all from National Catholic Register article, especially with respect to helping that person avoid spiritual dangers and achieve salvation. And they might also help the person with physical dangers, Mm. especially if it will help the person achieve salvation. So I'm taking that to mean like if you're about to die, but like you're not good with God, they might like stop you from dying so that you can like get good with god before you die i don't know but other than that that's why they don't interfere with like car i don't know that's how i am taking it although i that was like in that one place i sort of saw that i Mm -hmm. didn't see that the messaging felt a little muddled to me Mm -hmm. so they're like mostly concerned with your soul being saved and that's why they're here but also they can protect you bodily sometimes (laughs) (laughs) So a couple different kind of angels in the Old Testament. There's one place in the New Testament I kept seeing things point to for why guardian angels are real. Jesus talking about guardian angels, sort of. Mm-hmm. Do you know where this is? I did not know. Mm-hmm. Lazarus? I have no idea. No. It's like he went there and back. You'll recognize it because it's used a ton, especially at baptisms. Mm-hmm. But the part about the angels I'd never really like heard, or maybe they cut it off before that when they read it at Mass. It's when Jesus calls a child over. Uh, this is, let's see, Matthew 18. Okay. One through five and 10, I guess. The, the disciples say, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a child over, placed it in their midst and said, it. I like they called the child it. Uh, <laughs> amen, I say to you. Why you always says this which i just feel like meant like hey listen (laughs) unless you turn and become like children you will not enter the kingdom of heaven whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven and whoever receives one child such as this in my name receives me so that's the part i recognized from like Uh baptism and then it says see that you do not despise one of these little ones for i say to you that their angels in heaven always look upon the face of my heavenly father oh so that is their justification for why every child Dare angels. has an angel. That That's it? That's it. <laughs> I mean, that's what I, that was the one that everything seemed to point to. Okay. Okay. I feel like that's quite a leap though. It's really putting a lot of trust in one thing that someone said that Jesus said a long time after he died. They're <laughs> angels. That's basically it. Yeah. And angels mean messenger apparently in Greek. So I don't know if this was written in I don't know. I don't know if this was written in Coin Greek or what. I'm learning about these things. Yeah. So that <laughs> this feels like I to be a Catholic scholar or to be a biblical scholar. I just I don't. I'm sort of like stuttering because 
how do you go from one sentence of saying just the words they're angels to like a guardian angel that you definitely get at baptism and it does these things and obviously this is what Jesus meant. Where do you where do you fill in those gaps? This mushy thing, right? Of like, well, the Holy Spirit told some some bishops this. That or maybe yeah, they told the Pope because the Pope gets a direct line. They told the Pope, yeah. Although, according to a bunch of bishops right now, they don't, yeah. they're not really talking about the Pope as though he has a direct line to God no. currently. Some bishop retweeted something that called him a serpent, referred to him as a, like a serpent. Which... Oh, dang. Mm-hmm. I US was bishop. honestly bowling on Monday night and my friends were talking about like, there's going to be a schism in the Catholic Church. Like we talked about that while bowling. That would be fascinating. Yeah. I I mean, I love it. I, I think... I, I mean, I continue to love like the idea that, a you know, a child is the ideal, mm-hmm. right? Before you get into greed yeah. and all that. I think that's a great lesson. It's funny. I was at a, bap- the last Catholic baptism I was at, it was actually, it was for a kid who I totally adore. And um, it was a lovely baptism in a beautiful church. And it was with a priest who I had, was familiar with. And he is kind of on the youngish side, or I guess was when I was younger. And I was like, oh, this will be good. They use this reading, but his interpretation, and he wasn't even like, this is my interpretation. He was like, this is what it means. And he was like, uh, it just, it doesn't mean that that you're childish, which I was like, ew, already I don't like how this is being framed. Uh, no. And he was like, it means that you rely on God the way children rely on their parents. And I was like, that's not what I read. Mm, right. <laughs> it really, honestly, it was a beautiful baptism and that really kind of ruined it for me yeah I I was like I don't I think there's so many things that have to do if you say be like a child the one thing you're going to go to is that they're dependent like that is yeah a part of it but it's not part of it it. I I guess for me I think of it as being I don't know for me it's like pre-financially greedy (laughs) it's a lot of it for me like more attuned to wonder those sorts of qualities that we lose as we grow up totally like investing in play and doing things just for the sake of doing Mm -hmm. them and right discovering and exploring the world and asking questions Mm -hmm. Uh, or they're just dependent so but this does make sense like this gives some context as to why i mean i think the idea of angels is like a lovely little thing to give kids it feels kind of wholesome but Mm -hmm. also this i guess makes sense why people would would teach like we both kind of learned about guardian angels when we were younger and then it kind of went away it's seen as like a kid thing for some people right so do you lose them or do you still know so you have them your whole life okay there's honestly not a lot out there but there are a couple like the articles and like youtube videos i saw were like yeah some people think that angels guardian angels are like fairies or something like they're made Mm -hmm. up but they're real. They are a real part of the Catholic Church. And what I think is interesting is I don't think there's any other I could be wrong, but this seems like one of those very uniquely Catholic things. Like mm. other Christians do not talk about guardian angels. I don't yes, from the people I know that are Christians not Catholics, I don't believe I see any like angels in their houses. No. No. It's a real I mean on Christmas we do angels, but otherwise Is it like and- part of the femininity of Catholicism? Like mm. Mary, I don't know. It does feel it does feel kind of feminine, doesn't it? Even though if it's a male angel. Well, I mean, again, in the Bible, I feel like all the angels are like there's a quite a few that are male, and also the sub they're also like genderless, or all the genders. That is the official doctrine is they are genderless in the Catholic Church. Yes, so that is (laughs) 
pretty fascinating. But the, all the depictions, I feel like, at the stores are very female. Yes. With, like like you said, flowing blonde hair, like kind of like mm-hmm. Barbie, Barbie <laughs> angels. According to Catholic Catechism, everyone who's baptized has a guardian angel. I found this article from the Arlington Catholic Herald, randomly. And according to this one priest in Arlington, I guess, Father Paul F. DeLaterante, I'm probably saying that wrong. He says guardian angels function differently depending whether or not a person is baptized. So for the unbaptized, he says their function is to protect people from grave harm and evil. And for the baptized, it is, quote, more supernatural. They serve as a guide on the path to heaven. Oh, it seems like there's a split like some it's not this stuff is not in the Bible. So it seems like there's some different opinions where some people are like it's for when you're baptized and other people are like no it's everybody has one but like it takes on a different role once you're baptized it's like more of a does everybody who's catholic get one or does like everybody everybody i think everybody that's okay great yeah i think that's the idea i like probably i though it seems like maybe there's some people seem to think that some Mm -hmm. catholics um, some priests. And it says that they've been present since creation. This is sort of the idea is like since God created the earth, he also created angels. Mm. He, I'm using yeah. the he, like the Catholic right. man god that they have. <laughs> I found a ton of stuff around your guardian angel saving you from physical peril. There's a lot of that. Yeah. When I looked around. Yeah. I feel like that was the major thing I was taught. Right. Like you said, like, well, then, okay, what happens when this kid does get hit by a car? Like, where was their guardian angel? Mm-hmm. But I think people do look for reasons why maybe they survived something, you know? Mm-hmm. And I found a YouTube video with these two priests. I think they are Franciscan priests, but I'm not positive. From Ascension Presents, which they're not someone I would go to and like just watch videos for fun. Mm-hmm. Have you seen this guy, Father Mike? He has a YouTube and also a pretty popular podcast. It's up there on the charts. I feel like it sounds familiar, but I'm not sure. He's very handsome, probably has a spray tan Mm. priest who is pretty uh, conservative and gives lots of like, Uh. hey, I'm going to tell you about Catholicism and have dreamy eyes and a spray tan and very carefully coiffed hair and (laughs) be kind of sexist. All right, Father Mike. Yeah. The Ascension Presents, that's Father Mike's. Ascension Presents. It's where where he comes from. So there's these other two priests and they are younger guys and they are talking about guardian angels and how they are real. And people these days kind of sometimes don't believe in things like angels, but they're totally real. Mm -hmm. The one priest just gives examples of the times he felt his guardian angel in his life. Mm -hmm. But it's basically two stories of him falling from a height and surviving. Whoa. And he's like, yeah, that was my guardian angel. So like two times he fell from a tree or a, one was like a hiking situation so like that's his guardian angel it's like okay uh, i found an article from the arlington catholic herald there were again like these different people saying where they felt their guardian angel this one made me giggle it says sherry Caton. i'm probably saying that wrong parishioner says last year on her way to like some catholic conference she wound up on an access road rather than the toll road and she says by the grace of god and my guardian angel i made it on time for most of the mass so (laughs) yeah this whole like what guardian angels are helping with thing is where i'm like okay we're done she took the wrong exit but her guardian angel helped her not miss the whole mass just part of it i mean there's a way in which i find that sweet like this is i think where we get into like the folk catholicism right of like i'm just going to 
find touch points throughout my day and I'm going to connect it to like something greater than myself or in this sort of angel buddy that I have Mm -hmm. who so I wasn't alone in that I had someone looking out for me and it's this I think like feeling of comfort or something yep (laughs) I'm just like I mean I could have seen my grandma saying like I mean I don't know that she talked about her guardian angel that much but I could imagine her kind of thinking that like oh my guardian angel helped me to not miss the whole mass like that feels very important I feel like my grandma was way more into the saints Mm -hmm. it would have definitely been a saint that helped her yeah well yeah that's a whole other thing we got to get into this So actually, this other, so this father, Robert Wagner, he says that when he doesn't want to trouble St. Jude, he'll ask his angel to help him find his keys. Because St. Jude? St. Jude, isn't it? St. Anthony's lost stuff. Who's he talking? What's St. Jude? I don't, does St. Jude have to do with cars or something? Lost causes? Is it definitely like just for keys? Because sometimes it gets that specific. Lost causes. Oh, he thought it was a lost cause. I guess it was beyond lost. He thought it was a lost cause. Lost. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, like. It's like St. Jude's super busy today. Like there's a lot going on in the world. What is with Catholics? Like we don't want to talk directly to God. We don't even want to go to Jesus. No. We're going to talk to a priest. The saints, they're busy too. Let me just, like my angel only is in charge of me. So I feel like I can go to them. I don't want to bother everyone else. They're purely on my case. Like I kind of okay. So when you first saw "It's a Wonderful Life," did you like be like, "Oh, that's what that is"? Like they get assigned in moments of crisis. I will be honest with you. (gasps) Don't. I've never watched the whole movie. Are you? I've freaking kidding me. Yeah, I haven't. It's like pretty Catholic. I know. And actually, <laughs> plug for my mom's cousin. There's a Trivial Pursuit. My family played a lot of Trivial Pursuit oh, yeah. as a chat. More of my dad was really into it. But my mom's cousin created and his wife created a Christmas Trivial Pursuit. So if you have the Christmas set, that is by my mom's cousin and his wife. Get You're welcome. out. And it's very, uh, it's very, it's wonderful life heavy. But we didn't watch it growing up. And actually my mom, I guess, also didn't watch it growing up. And she asked her grandmother who lived with them once why she didn't. And it was because like my grandma just like didn't like the movie or didn't like one of the actors or something. Don't tell me she didn't like Jimmy Stewart. It probably was Jimmy Stewart. So we we watch it every Christmas, which is funny too, because Clarence, which is the best choice of names, mm-hmm. I find. I had an uncle Clarence, very uh, Catholic, super duper Catholic. Right. Like it's... It's so funny because I guess this is – I never thought about this before. Like, opportunity to put an angel in a movie, right? I don't think that comes along very often. And they put this, like, older gentleman mm-hmm. in who, like, is bumbling gentleman. Which I think is very funny because they could have put, like, yeah, some blonde, beautiful yeah. – I'm sure Jimmy Stewart would have listened to her right away. It took him a while to believe Clarence. But it was a really codependent relationship. Mm. Like, Clarence had to save – I never remember Jimmy Stewart's name. He's just Jimmy Stewart in every movie. That's fine. In order to get his wings. Right. That's the whole arc of the thing. He had to save Jimmy Stewart. Angel getting their wings. I do know that that's a part of the movie. Right. Every time a bell Mm -hmm. rings, an angel gets his wings, daddy. I've heard that. It's like in the ether. Like I haven't seen the full movie, but like, you know, there's just things in culture that like just come. Like everyone knows the story of Romeo and Juliet. You don't have to read it. (laughs) Exactly. But... So I I find that really I wonder I I think I just believed that was part of Catholic doctrine. Yeah, it all you just you, you grab from stuff and you all why not? Yeah, yeah. I think the thing that you said about evolving your idea of a guardian angel from like a sort of just amorphous angel to like a loved one, 
that is not part of the doctrine. Like the idea is that they're angels and they're separate from humans. Right. But I think that came up a lot because I think it's a common way people think about guardian angels is Mm -hmm. the same people who said like, oh, you're a guardian angel to me. Like, oh, you're a guardian angel was there. They would also say – Oh, it was, yeah, it was grandma or, you know, it was grandma's looking out for you. Yeah, exactly. I remember being in the car with um, a classmate in high school. We were going to like a chorus event or something. Mm -hmm. And she was just like, oh, my grandpa saved me a parking spot. And I first I thought she meant her grandfather had actually saved her parking spot. I was like, how? What? Like when? What, where is he? And I was like, oh, she means that her grandfather died. And like in her mind, when there's a parking spot open really close to the building, it means her grandfather saved it for her. And that's like how he's in her life. And that's his like role. <laughs> what a specific. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of cute. So I feel like all that stuff of like. It all kind of does get jumbled together. Right. We don't talk about guardian angels really like at mass or very much outside of young children. Mm-hmm. So according to Catholicism, like angels are separate from humans. Mm-hmm. But I think there is a cultural, this cultural idea that we become angels when we die. And cartoons and stuff, like someone dies and then they like will sprout wings and have a halo. Yeah. Got a halo. Yeah. So that stuff all kinds of gets mixed up in our minds and in our sort of personal theologies that we maybe don't even think about growing up. I wonder if that still happens on cartoons or if that was like now because it's like too Christian that doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> I'm curious. Too Christian and also just like casual about, I don't know, man. We watched, we watched cartoons where everybody was just dying all the time and it was so casual. Yes. Oh, Bugs Bunny. Death. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm like, now I have my own kids. I'm like, oh, that's like when you're trying to teach your children about the permanence of death and like everything that comes into that and how how heavy that feels like having shows where people are constantly just dying and coming back is like oh this is maybe not helpful this is very confusing (laughs) there is a feast day of the guardian angels what yes it was when actually not long ago i think it's october 2nd i believe all saints all no it was it's, it's its own guardian angel thing and they have a guardian angel mass i don't think it's like a sunday mass but the readings are about angels. The responsorial psalm is about angels. For non-Catholics who don't know a res- responsorial psalm, it's a – I don't even know how to explain it. It's a little It's a little short song after a reading, right? It is a song or like a spoken thing, right? But it's a very – it's like mm-hmm. from the book of Psalms and there's a line everybody says or sings together and then a cantor or a reader sings another part of the psalm and then we also have to – so you have to memorize your line for just that like – three minute let it chunk go. you have to i remember being like okay remember it remember it. you got to remember the line if i wasn't looking at my, my <laughs> missalette you'd be like remember this line it's going to come up again i'm going to have to say it correctly <laughs> so that's about angels in the mass yeah there's a whole mass about angels because it's your guardian angel mass feasting mm-hmm. and right. i think it was like six years ago or so like pope francis has also talked about guardian angels that they they exist everyone has their own angel they're with you since birth. It's 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 a real thing. What do, you, do you think, Anne, that like when you die, your angel goes on to another, like <sighs> someone new, or do you get your like hang out with your angel? Are like angels constantly being made? That is a good question. It's a really good question because they don't. They're they're genderless. I'm assuming they're sexless. I don't think they. How do do they procreate? Are there just tons of angels? I just like imagine God pointing a finger and being like, "There's an angel, and there's an angel." It's like a a waiting room, like an angel waiting room, and then you just yeah. It's like the did you see the movie Soul, the Pixar movie? No, I was just gonna ask you about another movie. I haven't seen that one yet. I actually don't even remember the 
all of it there's like a being from another it's like sort of all these beings in like this other realm that feels like heaven it's actually like heavily theological where i was like is this uh-huh. going to impact the way my children understand theology and reality and life? Because it has its own, I need to watch it again, but it definitely has its own theology of like what happens before we die and how do we develop into a human and what happens after we die. And I was like, this is very, I'm surprised actually that it's, somebody was probably angry about it, but. Oh, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I heard about it. Now I was going to tell you what, um, there's a Robert Downey Jr. movie from the 80s called chances are no i haven't seen that yes oh i love this movie as a child but basically dies and like gets reincarnated but like rushes his own reincarnation but their their version of heaven and reincarnation i was just like well that must be it yeah right you just like you see it pop culture and church really bleed together in a child yes they do in everything right when we're thinking about theology also we're thinking about just like the world and when we i mean there's a this is something there's like a little chart when you think about like gender and race and identity and all those things like we kind of take from all these different places and that's how we piece things together Um, Mm -hmm. and i think often even adults unless they're like have gone to seminary or have master's degrees in theology like they kind of have their own mishmash of their i mean i certainly don't even remember what was taught to me and you know what was something i grabbed from somewhere else and right i just want to tell you very quickly have you ever heard of this guy padre pio no he came up a lot those priests those two young priests who were had the YouTube video were like, oh, Padre Pio talked about his guardian angel and could see his guardian angel. So St. Pius of Pietrelcina, probably saying that wrong. Um, he was an Italian Franciscan mystic priest, Ooh. was born in 1887, died in 1968. So he apparently claimed he could see his guardian angel. He also claimed that he had stigmata. Oh. Do you want to explain for anyone who doesn't know what stigmata is or do you know? Yes, I know. I hope I don't. I can do it justice. But basically in moments of, I guess, ecstasy, trauma, uh, high religious experiences, a person can have stigmata, which is when there are holes that open up on your hands and feet mm-hmm. in – replication i guess uh homage to when jesus was nailed to the cross by his hands and feet and and they actively bleed Mm -hmm. yeah so he was all about prayer life and i don't know spoke and wrote in these very eloquent ways claimed he had stigmata showed people his stigmata claimed he could see his guardian angel and spoke with his guardian angel Apparently the Vatican was like not a fan of him at one point and tried to remove him. And there was, he was uh, creating sort of a cult following. Ah, they don't like. Just like about him. Too powerful. Yeah. Too much. It was like, oh, people are excited about the church. Great. Oh, wait, no, they're just except mostly really excited about this one guy. We're not into that. So there was like push and pull because mm-hmm. then people re- rebelled and were like, no, you need to keep him here. And really liked him. Yeah. So it's interesting because these priests, for instance, were talking about him like, oh, Padre Pio. It seems like he still has kind of a following in Catholicism and maybe especially around like with conservative Catholics. Uh-huh. But a book actually recently came out like debunking his stigmata that it was carbolic acid that he was putting on his hands. What? I guess priests were examining him and doctors were examining him there was a lot of skepticism and i get there are reports i didn't i guess i'd have to read the book but like there are reports that mm-hmm. it was verified that it was acid that he was burning himself with to create the stigmata <gasps> but he came up a lot and so i guess even though he seems like he was kind of a charlatan who was trying to 
build his mm-hmm. own little bit of a cult or cult following within the church. Some people think he was legit and he really saw his guardian angel talk to them or just talking with them, hanging out. That's wild. It really is fascinating. So my question for us, I feel like there is a thing what like thinking about my grandma and other people like this sort of folk Catholicism tradition of thinking of your guardian angel. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if is there a way that guardian angels function that like God and Jesus and the saints don't? Why do we need guardian angels? Why is that like a useful theology for people? Hmm. As soon as you first started the question, I started thinking about, wait a second, is our guardian angel also protecting us from God? Mm, right. God plans things um, and you're protecting us from that. That seems like, contrary. Yeah. But if you don't believe God plans things. That- right. No, all the theology around like, this irritates me. If you're raised and you really buy into this kind of belief system that like we're like the chessboard and God is controlling everything. Yes. Then it's like, well, what the hell? Then why did that car almost hit me? But that did God want me to die? Did he not want me to die? Did my angel not yeah. want something different than God? Did my angel know that God just wanted to freak me out? Like mm-hmm. what? It's it's a weird for folks who believe in this kind of very logicy kind right. of world that doesn't make sense to me. I don't know if I got this from Tony Kushner's play Angels in America or if it's somewhere. <laughs> I love how much Angels in America is brought into this. It's great. (laughs) I love that play. But there's something about, I mean, God created the angels first and then Mm. humans, I believe. That's in the Bible. I think you're right. I believe that's part of it. And there was some sort of jealousy, something to do with maybe Lucifer. I'm not entirely sure. Lucifer's like a fallen angel. That's a whole thing too. And I, right? yeah, I'm not clear how, again, I feel like, Satan and hell, I know, are one of those things that is like partially from the Bible, partially a lot of like pop culture stuff. Right. I We do need to go into that at some point, although I'm a little nervous because it makes me scared. Creepy. <laughs> um, but I feel like there's all this talk about how humans are God's like perfect creation or something. Except we're all super sinful now. So bad. So I think there's something with angels – or, or that was like he wanted an- humans to have free will, but angels like don't or something. I think there's something mm. in there oh, okay. that makes us uniquely human and uniquely different than angels that I would assume is – I don't know. We're, we're both beings that were created by God. Um, I don't know. I guess like – the Clarence codependency is what I've always assumed. We're like, we're weirdly tied. They need us. We need them for some sort of completion mm. of our best selves. Yeah. It almost sounds like the stuff around sexuality and marriage of like, oh, you're created to be in partnership. Yeah. Except if you become a priest or none, then somehow you're not. But then you're not. Yeah. That you're like incomplete and need this other hmm. part. I mean, I imagine something that is appealing about angels or at least kind of would be to me is like they're kind of amorphous we don't know like too much about them so you can Mm -hmm. kind of imagine them the way you want to I think which is like different than a saint who like had a physical body and was a person and you know we can I guess on the one hand we put saints up on a pedestal but like also they were human beings and you know Mm -hmm. and then Jesus you have to like share with everybody so there's like somewhat it's like this amorphous good thing that is always with you and you can kind of imagine it and it's like a comfort like you're never alone like you're never alone you have this sort of pure good being who's always with you and is just there for you Mm -hmm. 
your own personal bodyguard and therapist and I guess it does sort of lean into the idea that sometimes God's just too busy for you. So they yeah. need to see somebody who's like giving messages back and forth. All of these things assume that like the vastness of reality that is beyond our comprehension just like functions within like time and space as we know it. Right. And it's very bureaucratic. <laughs> there's a front desk and St. Right. Peter is like, oh, are you kidding me? And there's so many people. And I did see... So in this list of people kind of explaining my guardian angel helped me find my keys or save mm-hmm. me because I fell down or whatever, there was a woman who said that she liked the idea that her baby had a guardian angel because she felt like someone else was there to like protect him. Mm. I totally understand finding comfort in that. Mm-hmm. Because when you have a child, you are suddenly, I mean, I don't know whose quote it is of like your heart outside your body, but like. I mean, I'm already, I'm already a softie, like, as I think we share this, like, kind of a bleeding (laughs) heart and a softie for all children. Like, they're just, their kids are pretty great. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's certainly that just got amplified, like, when I had my own kid. And it was like, oh, my gosh, like, at some point, I need to not be, like, holding this baby. I need to not be in the same room of this as this baby. And maybe not even in the same house. And like, what, how am I even going to do that? Like, that does feel very hard when they first arrive. So to have this like, well, there's God and there's Jesus, there's even Mary, but like they really have their own personal, mm-hmm. you sort of imagine their own personal bodyguard, that that could be a comforting thought when you're having like anxiety as like a new parent mm-hmm. um, or as a not new parent, just as a, a regular parent or a person who cares about a kid. Right. So I was like, yeah, I do. I see it. Oh, yeah. Starting to think of this like, I don't know, like the Wizard of Oz is like Love it. behind Love the it. curtain, right? Mm-hmm. And everyone's trying to get his attention. And it's like only certain creatures can. And I'm starting to think like, what if not all angels are created equal? Like what if some are louder and more insistent? And that's mm. why they, that's why Jeez. Father Mike got saved while he was falling because his guardian angel was like, hey, God, help now. And like my guardian angel was like, oh, just, just watch out. <laughs> Your guardian angel doesn't like confrontation, is super intimidated. Don't go over there. Oh, you can't hear me. Okay, bye. Like, what if there's some, like, like, they're not all talented at it? I don't know. I mean, yeah. I think the flip side of the anything with this was the working of God or this was the working of my guardian angel is like, okay, Mm -hmm. what happens for those people who are not physically saved, who Mm -hmm. befall horrible tragedies? Which we all do at some point. We all do. And sometimes it brings people closer to God and some people it drives completely away. It's such a unique yes. experience how we handle mm-hmm. physical trauma mm-hmm. and spiritual trauma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These are just guardian angels too. There's all these other kinds of angels that we get to talk about. I did not even go into the full, the whole angel. Archangels? That's a whole other That's thing. That's a whole other thing. We didn't even start to, <laughs> I write down funny things that my kids say because mm-hmm. then they're funny to look back at. And one of our favorites, my husband and I, um, when my older son was around three, he was learning about the nativity and he said, the snow angels tried to warn people about Jesus. They're out there in the desert. It's a problem. <laughs> He called them snow angels, and then he said they were warning people, and it was Aww. it's just all kinds You're of like oh, Aww. not understanding anything. Not quite. But... It's confusing. It is confusing. Very. 
Yeah. Yeah, I had – we'll talk about this, I'm sure. But I remember with all the manger scenes growing up too, I was like, man, like there's a lot of cattle and sheep in the desert. Like <laughs> – What are they all doing out there? <laughs> Where's their water? Really oh. confused about it. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So guardian angels, I mean, I will say like guardian angels is one of those things where I'm like, I don't, I don't know that it's like my personal belief exactly, yeah. but like, I kind of appreciate it. It's one of those sure. things that I think is a actual doctrine of the church. It's not super biblically based. It's very kind of Catholic in that way. And that like people decided the Holy Spirit's telling them this. And then it's really ventured into the world of folk Catholicism where I feel like people really take it and make it what they need f- for it to be for in their right. lives and I like things like that I do I think that's great and it's kind of new agey I kind of like when when the Catholic oh, yeah. gets into that new agey magic-y realm because love it, lighting a candle it's so good and it makes conservatives so angry the idea that <laughs> you are getting a little magic-y so yeah we'll mm-hmm. take it we'll take it for hours <laughs> love it all right well, thanks, Steph, for going down this rabbit hole with me. Yes, this was really delightful. And thank you all for listening. Um, if anyone has any cool guardian angel stories, please oh, yeah. share uh, on our social media or send us an email, uh, lapspodcast.gmail.com. Please send us any guardian angel stories. Um, and we are still looking for those confirmation name stories. The horrific, yes. the funny, the touching the beautiful we'll take all of them we'd love to have some voice memos to play as well please i loved hearing our voice memo last week i was re-listening mm-hmm. to the podcast and i loved it so it just That's makes great. me happy grows our little community do we have a special a collection today you know we're gonna do a second week of the equal justice initiative which works for ending mass incarceration and excessive punishment in the u.s and racial and economic justice and to protect basic human rights for the most vulnerable in the u.s it's an important cause so we're gonna do another week of them wonderful all right steph and also with you also with you Anne. 